Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from John, the 12th chapter. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume, made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, the one, uh, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Here ends our gospel lesson. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I was uh, pondering this text this week, I was thinking about the uh, the other story of Mary and Martha from our Gospels. Um, Luke chapter 10 tells uh, a different story of when Jesus came to Mary and Martha's house. And how similar to John's version, Martha was the one doing the serving and Mary was at Jesus' feet. But in that story, uh, the focus is not so much on the anointing as on the feud that happens between the sisters, where uh, Martha is doing all the work and fulfilling the roles of the women in the household at the time and uh, making sure that the, the guests were fed and cared for and all that. And Mary was not. Mary was, Mary was doing the quote-unquote man's work of listening to the teacher. We, we just got done discussing this from 1 Corinthians, by the way. So some of the women, women who were at the might come to this pretty charged in the pews, right? <laughs> Where Paul says that, uh, kind of reinforces that uh, in ways that we disagree with in our interpretations of uh, female leadership in the church now. But at the time, right, it was expected that Martha and Mary together do the serving. But Mary was doing the work of being a student, and particularly a student of the gospel listening to the good news from our Messiah himself in Luke chapter 10's story. As you're probably familiar, I think many of us uh, know that story pretty well because Martha goes off and says, "Ah, Jesus, do not care that my sister Mary is leaving me to do all the work. Do not care. Tell her to get in line and help, basically. And I've heard many people relate that they either identify in one way or the other with one of the sisters. Are you a doer? Are you a busybody like Martha? Or are you one who likes to just be and receive and listen like Mary? 
many of us can identify with both of those characters <clears throat> in one way or another. And John's telling is very different. John chapter 12 comes right on the heels of John chapter 11. And we hear claimed immediately, right, that the house of Mary and Martha is also the house of Lazarus. And why it's so important that John chapter 12 comes right after John chapter 11, uh, not just sequentially, right, but as you recall in John chapter 11, immediately before this, or almost immediately before this, Lazarus, their brother, was raised from the dead. Jesus, as you remember, wept at the tomb, and then he said, Lazarus, come out. And their brother, who had been dead and in the grave for four days, so long that his body was already beginning to rot, emerged alive and well. So unlike the story of uh, kind of conflict between sisters that we have in Luke chapter 10, here we have a household alive and well with a joy that few of us know. A joy of new life that is so robust, a moment to be celebrated, and the one who had saved their brother was now among them. Here we have Martha serving again, and she says nothing. She is so gracious and so grateful for this moment to serve the one who had saved her brother's life. And here you have Mary again at Jesus' feet. But instead of just listening and feuding with her sister, and this telling the story, you have her pouring out this amazingly expensive perfume. Uh, now, you recall, a denarii is a day's work. So a perfume worth 300 denarii is basically a year's salary that she spent on this perfume. She comes, she <clears throat> lays out this pure nard at the Savior's feet, the one who had saved her brother, and she wipes them with her hair. She bows before the life giver. She honors him, presumably with her tears. She gives deep and endless gratitude to this one who had renewed her brother's life. This miraculous moment. And he was here in their house again. What could you not give? What could you withhold from somebody so gracious and miraculous in your life? And there he was in their household. It's a truly wonderful moment that when we remember what Jesus had just done for them. How Jesus had just given them new life without end. How Jesus had just been so wonderful to them. What would they not give back in return? And this is Mary's offering, this expensive, just, uh, you know, uh, I assume that, or we can assume from the context that they didn't, this was well beyond their normal, normal pay. I consider myself a middle-class individual, and this would be like Jesus coming and I like buy him a yacht to, to take out on the lake or something like that. I don't have that cash line around <laughs> I would, make, I would have to dig deep into our resources to pay for that. Essentially bet in the farm, if you will, right? But it is totally worth it in Mary's eyes. 
It is totally worth it. Because what Jesus had given them was priceless. Priceless. Cost wasn't even a consideration for how she needed to honor the one who had saved her brother's life. Here we have Judas, woeful Judas the betrayer, critiquing this whole situation, doing the math. And yes, we have ungracious, ungracious reflection from the writer of John that he was really doing the math so he could steal from the purse later. We can assume that's true. We can also assume that there's wisdom in what he says. Is it not right also to care for the poor? Could they, she not have anointed him with, say, perfume worth 10 denarii, right? Why one so expensive? Can't you buy a John, like a canoe or a John boat to take Jesus out on the lake when he comes? Why do you got to bet the farm and buy a yacht, right? <clears throat> Makes sense, in a way. But not for Jesus. And not for Mary. They knew what this was all about. They knew that they were setting the stage for Jesus to not only keep this miracle between him and Lazarus and Mary and Martha. That Jesus was about to go to his death to share that new life miracle with all of us. He needed to be anointed then and there. He needed Mary's tears to wash his feet. And he needed Mary's hair to dry them. He was being prepared. He, he was being prepared to share this gracious miracle of new life. This wonderful, endless, eternal, infinite new life. He was being prepared to share that with all of us. The whole world for all time. So we should be all the more gracious that Mary spent so extravagantly and poured out her heart so lavishly because she did that on behalf of all of us. She shared that joy at Jesus' feet for you and for me. She honored the one who was about to say to all of us of all time, when we are in our own tombs, come out and live. It's the most wonderful miracle of all time. We give thanks to Mary for her, her wonderful honoring of the one who is about to share that with all of us. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.